Welcome to Bible Line, a ministry of Calvary Community Church. Our podcast is dedicated to the clear teaching of God's Word. We aim to help people find Jesus Christ and train believers through the study of the Bible. We would love to feature your questions on the show. You can email us at questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to calvaryoftampa.org forward slash donate. Catch new episodes every Thursday. We pray today's episode is a blessing to you. Well, hello and welcome back. You're listening to Bible Line. I'm your host, Pastor Jesse Martinez, and I am excited to be bringing another episode to you here live from my office here in beautiful Tampa Bay. I want to share with you some really good news. Our podcast recently just surpassed 1,000 downloads and streams. This is a huge accomplishment. We're very excited. And that means that over 1,000 different devices have downloaded our podcast and streamed it, which is pretty interesting. And it's over many countries in the world. So that's also encouraging too. I like this because it's another indication that God is working and he's getting that gospel message out. His word will not return unto him void. And I'm extremely excited about that. I also have another big piece of news. That is Bible Line has now been approved to stream on iHeartRadio. That's right iHeartRadio is an application that you can download to your phone, and you can listen to it on iOS, which are all the Apple users. You can listen to it on Android, which are all the Google users, and we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts and a bunch of other sites too, but iHeart is the number one podcasting app. So we now have another opportunity to reach more people. And if you are listening to us for the first time, welcome. Please make sure you share this episode Make sure that you put it all over your social sites. And if you have a Bible question, you can always just send it to us, just like the introduction said. Questions at BibleLineMinistries.org, and we're more than happy to answer it. So make sure you go over to iHeartRadio, search the show name Bible Line Broadcast Network, and make sure that you follow the show there and set it up for automatic downloads. So every time a new episode comes out on Thursdays, you already have it loaded onto your device. So let's get into our question for today. Our question for today was submitted anonymously, but it's a very personal question, and I think it's a good question. Not all questions that are submitted are going to have straight answers. There are some things the Bible just doesn't speak about, and we can learn things from what other people have experienced. We can draw conclusions based off of what the Bible does say about a particular issue. And today's question is kind of like that. There's not a straight answer. I can't go to a specific verse and say, here's exactly what your answer is, because this is a little bit of a circumstantial question. But I do think there are six things that we can learn from this question. So here it is. Why would God let a baby be born when he knew they would not be wanted, abused in many ways, and rejected? Well, it's a very sad world that we live in. It's full of sin. It's full of wickedness. It's full of unfairness. And that is evident in our culture today. We see that people are abused. We see that young children go through horrific things, and that's all a result of sin. The first thing I want to draw your attention to is God created the world without sin. Take this from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31. This is after God had spent six days creating everything, the heavens, the earth, 
uh, the animals, man, all these different things. And he said something particularly about his creation. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. When the Bible says the word good, we're not talking about like pretty good, like you and I understand. You know, we can still have something that's good, but it's missing something. The understanding here is it was complete. It was perfect. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So at the end of that day, God had looked at everything that he made and he said, this is perfect. This is as I have intended it to be. It was very good. But, and this is the second point of my answer here, man has brought sin into the world. Let me read you Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. That's Romans 5.12. So when God created the world, it was without sin. It was perfect. Man sinned and brought death and evil and all sorts of things into the world. So when we think about a baby that has been born and they would be rejected and abused and just not wanted, God in his foreknowledge knew that. I believe he still let it happen because his original creation was good. And I'll get to a little bit more as to why God specifically might let that happen. But I want you to also see in Romans chapter 3, in verses 10 through 17, we have a very long list of what man is capable of doing. And this is not, these are not things that God created. This is not something that was a part of, you know, the animal kingdom or plants or mankind created in innocence. This happened as a result of sin. Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. It's, it's inclusive, every part of mankind. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit, the poison of asps or snakes, is under their lips. Can you see the picture? Whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed in innocent blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear, no respect of God before their eyes. So this is the kind of world that babies are born into. I was born into a world like this. I didn't experience physical or verbal abuse. Uh, my parents did want me, but I was still born into a wicked world, still born into a fallen world. I don't think there's a very clear answer as to why God would allow something like a baby to be born into a family that would not want it. But I can say that God loves that child. And I think the opportunity for that child to be born and ultimately have Jesus die for that baby's sins and all the things that that baby would do, I think it would be better than having that baby not exist at all. See, I believe that when a child is conceived, it's a soul. It's a living human being. And the price that Jesus paid on the cross for the sin of all the world applied to that child. If that child was lost in miscarriage or was aborted, 
then it would be in heaven with God because I don't believe it would pass the age of accountability. And that's a whole nother topic. But I don't think that it would be good if that baby was just, just never existed. I think that God is good and he can show his love even through very hard and difficult situations. God is not at fault there. Here's the rest of some points I want to talk with you. The third thing is God sees value in every single person. If you've got your Bible, turn over to Psalms in chapter 139. Psalms chapter 139. It's a beautiful psalm. And these three verses that we'll look at are just a part of the the beauty of this entire scripture. But let's read verses 14, 17, and 18. David is writing here. And he says in verse 14, Psalm 139, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Boy, is that not music to the ears of an abused child? An adult that has grown up and been seemingly rejected by the world, seemingly not wanted, suffered from abuse? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just the study of the human body, what we can do. God has given us different talents and abilities just naturally. There are great minds in the world. There are great lyricists. There are great athletes. There are great scholars, great artists. Poetry can move a person. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Regardless of what the world has defined us as, or maybe has even said we have no value, Friend, that's not how God sees us. He sees us so valuable that he would rather die a horrible death on the cross than live without us. Oh, I have chills just thinking about that. The rest of the verse goes on. Marvelous are thy works. That baby that was born into that abused family, into that difficult situation, it's a marvelous work of God. And that my soul knoweth right well. And David knew these things. He knew his value. He knew that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 17, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. The psalmist David is saying that all the thoughts that God has about him, that sinful fallen man, they're precious. And if they were all taken together and added up, the sum of them is great. Verse 18, If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And that's a figurative piece of language. But can you imagine counting the sand on the seashore? What David is saying here is, what God is saying is, his thoughts about every person, about every individual, they're innumerable. There cannot be a number ascribed to them. He says on in verse 18, when I awake... I am still with thee. And that's because I believe David believed on the coming Messiah. And so every single person that has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he paid for their sin, was buried and rose again three days later, God is always with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Jesus says so in John chapter 10 and verse 28. Great verses like 1 John 5, 13 remind us that we may know that we have eternal life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have 
a certain kind of life, eternal life. And so while we can't necessarily see a direct answer to this question, we can realize that even though a child is born into the world, it's not a horrible thing in the eyes of God, even though if he knew that child would go through difficult things. Think about things that people in the Bible have suffered. God does not make people do wicked things. People just do wicked things. As you saw in Romans 3, 10 through 17, it's a natural byproduct of sin. Think of Pharaoh and Moses, how Moses went to Pharaoh time after time after time and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no. And plagues happened. And it was tough. How about Joseph and his brothers? Joseph just communicating a dream that God had shared with him and his brothers were ready to kill him. They threw him into a pit and put the blood of an animal over him. So it appeared that he had died. He was sold into slavery. I don't think it's good for us to say, well, if God knew that was going to happen, then we should let it, he should have never let it happen. There's something to be gained from that. And I know that's a hard thing to understand. But friend, listen, if you are listening and you're the victim of abuse, if you're the victim of rejection, you feel like you're not wanted, if you're in an abusive situation, seek help. Seek help. And after you seek that help, remember what God has said. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and I say this with all confidence in the Scripture, that God's creation of you, marvelous. The sum of the thoughts that he has for you, greater than the sand of the sea. And if you have not yet put your trust in his son, Jesus Christ, I urge you to do so. And if you have already done so, you're God's child. He is your father. It's a beautiful walk. It's a beautiful fellowship. What the world does to you does not define who you are. And remember, this fifth point here, God is a righteous judge. Genesis 18.25 tells us so. Shall not the God judge righteously? It's important to recognize that what people do, there will be consequences for. And the last thing here, God knows why things happen. It's not our position to say why and expect an answer. When I'm talking to people and they, they're praying about a specific thing, and they say, well, I just, I just never really get an answer. God never really answers my prayer. I always tell them this. I heard this a long time ago, and it made sense to me after I thought about it. But God always answers prayer, and there's three basic answers. Yes, no, and wait. Wait. Sometimes it's hard for us to wait. Sometimes we look at our circumstances and they just seem overwhelming. Wait on the Lord. Learn to wait on Him. In Psalms chapter 27, Psalms chapter 27, we have a great illustration and a great encouragement for each and every person. Here's what it says in verse 14, Psalm 27, 14. 
Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Learn to wait on the Lord. Now this doesn't apply. I know I said a minute ago it's for every person, but this I believe applies to a child of God, someone who has believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is how the gospel is magnified. Because in order for the Lord to be able to strengthen you, I mean, I think you need to have your sin paid. If we are born into this world as a sinner, that sin needs to be paid. We are in opposition to God as a lost person, as someone who has not believed on his son. So I I urge you to trust Christ. I've, I've said that repeatedly throughout this broadcast and in almost every message of this podcast. But it's important to remember, as a child of God, we need to learn how to wait. And he may not always give us an evident answer right away. We pray for people to get better and then they die. Why is that? It was the Lord's will. There was some sort of purpose to come out of that. A child was abused. A child was born into a horrible situation. Why? God will get the glory out of that. It is not right of us to stand in judgment over God. God knows exactly what's going on. He doesn't make people do wicked things. But remember what Joseph said, what you did for me as evil, God intended for good. God used it. And Joseph's story is someone who was constantly treated wrongly. And yet in the end, he received glory from the Lord. So I hope this gives a little bit of an answer to that question. I would say ultimately, I don't know exactly why those situations happen. I don't think it's for me to understand or for the individual to understand. But I think through those things, it can bring a person to Christ. The abuser and the one who's abusing. The abuser coming to Christ and believing on Jesus for their sin, learning forgiveness. It's a very strong thing to learn. Showing forgiveness to their abuser can lead them to Christ. And I know the world's message is totally different. The world's message says, never forgive. Let that hatred burn. Friend, I think we can always find a way to forgive if we look at what Jesus has forgiven us, what God has forgiven us. Ephesians 4.32 Be ye kind, tender-hearted, forgiving, even as Christ has forgiven you? Mm. It's a good question, and I'm glad this listener submitted it. I hope you'll catch us next week. We'll have another question that we answer. Next week, we'll be talking about without excuse. What about the people that have never heard the gospel? Why is it fair that they go to hell if they never heard? It's a good question. It's got a good answer. Make sure you tune in next time. I'm your host, Pastor Jesse Martinez, and you're listening to Bible Line. We'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a thank you to our listeners, we want to give away a free Bible every month this year. To enter, send us an email with your Bible question. Our email address is questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. 
Be sure to subscribe to the show and check back each Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon.